This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hopefully you're surviving the frigid weathers. Let's talk petroleum. Let's talk gasoline prices with our resident expert. Patrick DeHaan is the gas buddy guy. If you want to know what's going on in the petroleum industry, if you want to know what's going on gas price-wise, you need to follow Patrick DeHaan on X, at Gas Buddy Guy. He's also on LinkedIn. Make sure you follow GasBuddy.com. Patrick, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Good to be back with you, Tony. Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you. And I tell you what, Patrick, this is perfect weather. If you have somewhat of an insulated patio for a nice fire, a cigar, and a nice bourbon. There you go. You know, that's so some of the cold weather, you know, just maybe a hot tub to throw it out there, too. That would probably just really. And, and there's some folks in Michigan, right, that probably have that perfect setup. I certainly could go for that. Nice, nice. And it may sound a little corny, but my wife has come up with this hot drink, which is a hot toddy, basically with tea, lemon, honey, but we're adding bourbon to it, too. So that, never go wrong with a little bourbon on top, right? <laughs> that's kind of nice. Well, let's talk gas prices in Michigan. What are we seeing now, and what do you expect to see for the next couple of weeks? Well, Tony, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Gas prices, you know, have been kind of making their price cycle. We saw prices jump a little over a week ago, back on January 7th. The average in Michigan went from 278 back up to 299. We actually saw here today or yesterday, in some instances, stations raising prices back above the $3 mark to 309. Some of that has had to do with some of the extremely cold weather, as we mentioned, a refinery in New Jersey was reported to have suffered a major outage last night that is likely to take it offline. Whenever we see these extremely cold temperatures in areas of the country, particularly that aren't used to seeing such below zero temperatures, look at what's happening in Dallas now in areas of northern Florida. Thankfully, no refineries, but still, when you see these extremities of temperatures getting below zero, refineries are outside exposed to these elements. And so it can, cold weather can take down a refinery. And so it can have an adverse impact on the price of gasoline, not so much the snow. The snow doesn't really matter so much, but those extremely cold temperatures have now taken out a refinery in New Jersey and that could help now elsewhere. So we have seen prices inching up a little bit here into the new year. What do you expect for the rest of January? Well, probably a little bit of what we've already seen. Prices some days over $3, other days you'll probably still be able to fill up below $3 a gallon. I think that that's this kind of climate at the pump where, you know, some days below 3, some days above 3 probably will happen on and off for the next couple of weeks. I think by mid-February though, that's when we start to see more of a seasonal lift in prices. Refineries will start doing maintenance, we'll start to see the transition over to summer gasoline. So there's still a window of, of low prices that I think will stick around. The wild card, obviously, being the Red Sea. We're seeing more and more escalations there, attacks from the US-led alliance that is trying to keep the Red Sea free of Houthi militant attacks. And so that's something to watch. But even that hasn't really gotten the price of oil moving a whole lot in recent trading sessions. Oil actually down about 50 cents a barrel today to $72 a barrel. So oil price is a bit stuck in motion. Gas prices, kind of as related to the cold weather, have been bouncing around now in the upper twos and low threes. 
Patrick DeHaan can be found on X, and part of his bio says, most accurate forecaster for 2023 oil and refined products analyst. Tell us about that, Patrick, because I know you work hard at being as precise as you can. (laughs) You know, sometimes you just might get a little lucky. It's kind of like a weather forecaster, right? Making a prediction for the whole year. I'll probably say cold in winter, warm in spring, hot in summer, cooling off in fall. But you know, as fate would turn out, we had projected that the yearly national average for 2023 would be 349 a gallon. It dropped to about 350 and change. So, you know, to be within a penny of the yearly national average is, is certainly something I think our crew at Gas is very proud with. Now, hopefully, we forecast the yearly national average will be 338 in 2024. I'm hopeful that we can have as good of accuracy as we did last year. But, you know, whenever you're forecasting year ahead, it can be incredibly complex trying to predict the price of gasoline for the coming year, given how we're talking about, you know, these attacks right now in the Red Sea with the Houthi rebels. You know, a lot of this is unpredictable. Patrick, when we come back from break, I want to talk to you about the fuel price outlook for 2024. We'll do that next here on Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much for tuning in. When you fly Lansing, you are just one stop away from over 500 amazing global destinations. The Capital Region International Airport, your gateway to the world. Visit flylansing.com for more information. Welcome back to Media Business. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm talking to Patrick DeHaan who's the Vice President for Media Relations and Communications for Gas Buddy. If you go to their LinkedIn, to Patrick's LinkedIn link, he's got the fuel price outlook for 2024. Tell us about that, Patrick. Yeah, Tony, as we mentioned last year, you know, we got a little lucky in that the national average was a bit lower, and we're expecting that for 2024. It's a pretty extensive forecast. I think over 20 pages of breakdowns and where we expect gas prices, even localized to the state level, what you can expect for the year ahead. In terms of the cyclical nature of gas prices, there are explanations for why gas prices go up in the spring and they fall in the fall. So, you know, anything, and it's meant to be read by somebody with little to no background in economics, in gasoline and oil prices. And we put it together so that our gas buddy members who are out there reporting prices can anticipate what gas prices and diesel prices, by the way, are included, could be for the coming 12 months. In the forecast, there's a highlight section for 2024 and its outlook, and it's discussed that gas prices could still fall below a national average of $3 a gallon this winter before potentially rising, getting closer to $4 per gallon in the summer. Drivers on the West Coast, of course, are going to be spending a lot more than we do here in the Midwest. Americans are expected to spend a combined $446.9 billion on gasoline in 2024 with the average yearly spending per household to fall to an estimated $2,407. Man, that's a lot of dough. You never think about it like that, Patrick. No, you really don't. And, you know, I hear folks, the common refrain, Tony, is, hey, it's, you know, you go to pick a gas station and it might be only two or three cents more. But 
when you're spending $2,407, the average household will in 2024, you know, five and 10 cents does add up. I mean, if you just five and 10 cents doesn't matter here and there, something that you're filling up with on a weekly basis, you're going to be spending more than that 2407. You'll probably be spending 25, maybe even 26 or $2,700. So, you know, and that's where gas buddy and, you know, being able to see gas prices all around you certainly can have you spending less than the 2407. But the good news all in all is compared to recent years, the average household spending is going to be down. In fact, we're anticipating that, you know, that $446.9 billion that you mentioned spending on gasoline in 2024, that's going to be about $32 billion less than what we spent in 2023. And $32 billion is certainly nothing to sneeze at. Patrick, how will EVs, electric vehicles, and the 2024 presidential election impact fuel prices next this year? Yeah, Tony, that's a really interesting one because obviously we have a major presidential election coming up later this year, and EV policy has really been dictated right now. The Biden administration has been, you know, throwing out incentives for electric vehicles, spending a lot of money on infrastructure in terms of EV charging stations and you know, as fate would have it, we're coming to you, you know, in a place where we just experienced a tremendous amount of bitter cold. And we're seeing a lot of these electric vehicle charging stations that keep in mind that a lot of these vehicles having difficulty charging in the cold weather, they may be completely dead and the car can't fast charge because you need to warm up the batteries. But, you know, this goes back to the fact that EVs and the pace of transition is really heavily influenced by a presidential policy. And so if we see a change in the White House, that's probably going to mean a change in the pace of transition to EVs. And I think more Americans are showing a bit more reluctance to make the jump to an electric vehicle, given the fact that there are a lot of things that still need to be sorted out. I mean, this winter weather, right, causing some EVs or vehicles, the owners to be locked out because even things like the door won't open because of a lack of power. So it really goes to show that you know, in addition to the speed of the transition, it can be heavily influenced by who's in the White House. And if there's incentives for Americans, they may jump into an EV. And if there's no incentives, they may be reluctant to spend that fifty or $100,000 on an EV. The 2024 Gas Buddy outlook for gas prices talks about Memorial Day and how it will be the priciest 2024 holiday at the pump. Why is that, Patrick? Yeah, Memorial Day has just got proximity, Tony. It's right after the deadline, or I should say right before the deadline, that retailers have to make the change to summer gasoline by June 1st. Refineries have to make the changeover no later than May 1st. So there's a lot of deadlines that loom, Tony, that cause prices to go up in the spring. And as I mentioned, refineries generally do maintenance before the start of the summer driving season, which leads gas prices to start surging in late February once the maintenance starts. In addition, we have to start transitioning to more expensive blends of summer gasoline ahead of those dates. And so that usually leads to a surge that culminates in the highest price right around Memorial Day weekend, because Memorial Day weekend is really the kickoff to summer. And that's really the first major stress test, if you will. And so there are a lot of things riding on Memorial Day. Americans are going to be going out, taking road trips for the longer holiday weekend, and that's going to put a lot of stress on gasoline supply. But then as the summer continues, the benefit of time helps those summer blends increase in terms of supply over the duration of the summer. So Memorial Day is generally speaking almost always the most expensive holiday. But then as we you know get into the summer, July 4 is slightly cheaper. And then Labor Day 
usually is the time that summer gasoline supplies have built up to very adequate levels. So usually Labor Day is kind of the last hurrah for that summer blend. And that's why Labor Day tends to be the cheapest summer holiday. But Memorial Day, as I mentioned, over the next couple of months, we're going to see gas prices go up on average 35 to 85 cents a gallon between about now and Memorial Day. We're talking with Patrick DeHaan, who's head of petroleum analysis for Gas Buddy. When we come back, we're going to talk to Patrick about the high, crazy high price of gasoline when it comes to diesel. And we'll also talk about the Red Sea and the turmoil over there and how that might affect petroleum prices here at home. I'm Tony Conley. This is the Michigan Business Network. You're listening to Media Business. and We'll be right back. At DBI, we do office by exceeding our customers' expectations since 1984. DBI offers more products and services than any other office supply and furniture dealer in mid-Michigan. For office needs, visit dbiyes.com. Welcome back to Media Business. We're talking with Patrick DeHaan. In Gas Buddy's 2024 forecast, there's a quote here by Patrick that says, and I quote, as 2023 fades away, I'm hopeful that these five and six dollar prices for gasoline and diesel will also fade into memory. Man, Patrick, I'm so glad I don't have a diesel vehicle. Talk a little bit about why diesel prices are so high and what you anticipate through 2024. Yeah, Tony, diesel prices have been really marred by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. That's really what kind of derailed the price of diesel. It has long been more expensive than gasoline, but Russia produces a lot of diesel and a lot of heavy products. And so when that war started and the sanctions went on on Russia oil and Russia products, it really impacted the price of oil. And keep in mind, too, right around 2022, when Russia invaded Ukraine, the economy was red hot, right? Inflation was soaring. That also played a role because when the economy is growing rapidly, there's a lot more need for things like diesel, for construction equipment, for semi-trucks, for logistics. And all of that pushed diesel prices through the roof. Now we've seen the price of diesel moderating as that has been less of a concern. And now with the overall economic slowdown due in part to the Fed raising interest rates, it hasn't been as challenging for diesel supplies. And we've actually seen them grow. And that's why diesel prices have finally started to come down in comparison to gasoline. It used to be a dollar, a dollar fifty more for diesel. And now in parts of Michigan, you're seeing diesel prices that are maybe 50 cents to a dollar more. But I do expect that diesel prices still will be more expensive than gasoline for some time, but expect the difference between them to likely narrow. You discussed the turmoil in the Red Sea, which was brought on by Israel's war with Hamas. There are vessels that, as a matter of fact, some petroleum companies stopped shipping traffic completely. I believe it's now resumed. But talk about the turmoil over there and how that affects petroleum companies and prices. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're talking about potentially shipping crude oil and many other things, by the way. Instead of through the Red Sea and through the Suez Canal going around the Cape of Good Hope around Africa, and that usually adds about two weeks to the transit time for some of these shipments. 
That may not sound like a big problem, Tony, but when you only have a finite amount of ultra-large crude carriers, you know, adding two weeks to each trip suddenly means that there's not going to be as much supply delivered as quickly. So that can very quickly have an impact on the price of oil. If oil is moving slower, essentially, because of the attacks in the Red Sea, it creates a logistics problem that really impacts the price of oil. And that's why it's being so carefully watched. That's why the U.S., And allies have been suggesting, or at least going after the Houthi rebels, to try and maintain that vital shipping lane. But it's not really worked yet. I mean, a lot of shipping companies are still avoiding it simply because of the Houthis being able to be a bit more mobile and go after vessels. And now they're targeting American vessels. So it's a problem from a logistics standpoint of the Red Sea and the Suez Canal, which means faster transit. And now suddenly ships are avoiding the Red Sea and they're taking the 14, well, really 10 to 14 day longer trip around the Cape of Good Hope in Africa. And that is really impacting the ease and how quickly the market's getting replenished. Patrick, talk a little bit about the stock market and how Wall Street affects the petroleum industry. Well, you know, the two go hand in hand. I mean, the price of oil and the price of, you know, well, basically the Dow Jones, let's take that as an example. I mean, the Dow Jones is a kind of an economic indicator, right? Stocks go up, the stock market goes up, the economy's doing well, companies are reporting earnings. Generally, when the economy's doing well, the price of oil is also kind of climbing because a strong economy means that Americans are going to have more disposable income, that companies are profitable, they're hiring, they're spending, and that means Americans are also spending. So generally, the tie-in is that when the Dow Jones moves in a significant way, whether it's up big or down big, oil prices follow to a similar degree nine out of 10 times. Meaning, you know, today, for example, the Dow plummeting right now, oil prices are actually down as well. And if, you know, there comes a day when the stock market surges, well, oil prices could be going the same direction simply because the two are tied at the hip. They're both very based in economics. And when, you know, the Dow Jones, when the stock market's doing well, typically that means the economy's doing well. And that typically means people are consuming more gasoline, diesel, oil, jet fuel, and everything else. Final question for you, Patrick. How do elections, especially during a presidential election year, how does that affect the market when it comes to petroleum? Well, you know, (laughs) politicians like to point fingers. And while gas prices do not react to a presidential election, meaning that they don't move, because of an election, politicians are simply going to continue to point fingers and they'll say, well, it's, you know, so-and-so did this and that. But ultimately, Tony, at the end of the day, keep in mind, oil is a global commodity. It's not just the policy of the United States that, you know, is a factor in global oil prices. In fact, that really has almost nothing to do with the global price of oil. Because, you know, one example is Biden has been going after the oil sector when he was on the campaign trail before he was elected. He promised to kind of put an end to fossil fuels. He said he would boost incentives for EVs. But here's we stand in the year of another presidential election. The U.S. has actually continued to increase oil production. We're in fact, we're producing about 13.3 million barrels of oil every day. That's back at a record high. So, you know, though Biden would have probably convinced you that he was going to, or he had some level of control, he really doesn't. Oil companies are free to produce what they want, just kind of like Apple can produce as many iPhones as it wants. Coca-Cola can make as many two liters as they want. Politicians would like to convince you that they can control the world. But in the case of oil, we're finding out that that is not true. And so, you know, be very wary of what you hear from politicians on oil prices moving forward. There is some 
moderate or low level of impact that a president could potentially have on oil. But it varies by what that policy is, what it would look like, how fast it would be implemented. There's a lot of details here. But broadly speaking, gasoline and oil prices are a function of a global economy, not just one country like the United States. We always suggest to our listeners, if you want to know what's going on with the petroleum industry, you follow Patrick DeHaan on X. If you want to know where the best gas prices are in your area, you have to download the Gas Buddy app. It'll tell you what gas stations to go and where to go for the cheapest gas. Patrick, I always appreciate you so much, sir. In in baseball terms, you demand. <laughs> always thanks for having me, uh, Tony. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to join down the road again. That was Patrick DeHaan from Gas Buddy. I'm Tony Connolly. This has been Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We'll see you next time.